oftentimes conservatives, Republicans, people on the right, the sane people, whatever you want to call them, they call themselves the silent majority. I'm sure you've heard the quote, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. We are seeing evil triumph on a grand scale like I've never seen in my lifetime. And I have to wonder, are we ready to stop being the silent majority? Are we ready to stand up against evil? Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Woman's Blaining Podcast. I am also the founder of Conservative Ladies of Washington. We are a group of like-minded ladies and gentlemen here in the state of Washington working hard to forward the conservative movement. Here in this deep blue state, we're working hard with conservative candidates to help get them elected. We work to educate and give our voters, our citizens, a call to action so that they can impact change in our state legislature and in their local governments. And you can learn more about our work and our mission and how you can get involved by going to our website, conservativeladiesofwa.com. That's conservativeladiesofwa.com. Now, if you're not in the state of Washington, I have exciting news. We will be launching our national platform, Conservative Ladies of America, very soon. So stay tuned for more information on that. Well, I've got a little bit of a bee in my bonnet. Since my last episode, when I talked about the CDC's new updated guidance, where they are basically saying that unvaccinated people are the same as vaccinated people, and if you don't have symptoms, there's no reason to test you, I've been really upset about this because while this sounds like great news, and it is, finally, two and a half years too late. It never should have happened in the first place. And so there's this big part of me that's really angry because the vaccine mandates, the way they treated unvaccinated people and the relationships that were broken, the jobs that were lost, you can't undo that. You've got kids who've got these vaccines. You have young teenage boys young adults who got the vaccine and had myocarditis. The adverse effects of this vaccine had deadly effects for tens of thousands of people. You've broken families apart over this vaccine mandate. For a time here in Washington state, in King County, if you weren't vaccinated, you couldn't go into any business in the county. You couldn't eat at a restaurant. You couldn't go to a football game. You couldn't go to a rock concert if you didn't have your papers. And I don't have papers because I'm not vaccinated with the COVID jab. And I will be damned if someone's going to tell me that I have to get some stupid vaccine to go eat in a restaurant. No way. But there were a lot of people who did get the vaccine because they had to do it to be able to go to work. Or they they refused to get the vaccine for whatever reasons they did, and they lost their jobs. I have one friend who he's not able to see his children and his grandchildren because he and his wife aren't vaccinated. It's torn their family apart. How many thousands, millions of people have these things happened to? And it's great that you've updated your guidance, but you have done irreparable damage. 
to our country, to our world, to our society. And we're just supposed to carry on like no big deal. And what I witness is people are fine commenting about it on social media or giving it a retweet or, you know, keyboard warrioring about it. But what will they do? I mean, you had people like myself that weren't vaccinated that got a fake vaccine passport so that they could go to a restaurant in King County. Well, you're playing their game. Forget it. I won't go to your county. I'm not going to play your game. Playing their game is being silent. Playing their game is allowing evil to triumph. And what I see that makes me so upset, so angry, is that this is all happening because good people aren't standing up and saying anything. The only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. We call ourselves the silent majority. Wow, how virtuous is that? We're the majority, but we don't say anything. Well, look where that's gotten us. To make matters worse, I got sort of a blast from the past. The same day that I was stewing over the the CDC guidelines. And about 10 years ago, I was involved in three years of court battle to protect my children. It was the worst time in my life. It broke me to my core. Um, It was 35 months long. I had to sell my business. I had to, you know, just drop everything. It was like the rug got torn out from underneath me. And I basically gave up life as I knew it to fight for my children, to protect my children. My children were, you know, having to go to therapy and and a number of different things being interviewed and and by, uh, you know, law enforcement. And so I really just had to be available for my children. And my children were going through trauma and needed my full attention which was hard to do because I was going through trauma myself. And this went on for 35 months. And during this time, I became clinically depressed. At one point, I became suicidal. It was in the spring of 2014, which was kind of in the middle of all of this, that I became a Christian and I, you know, was literally in the pit of hell. That's truly what it felt like. And when I, during that time, and I still in my mind have this visual of where I was during that time, and I was just at the bottom of this deep, dark pit, and I could not see the light. And that is when I became suicidal. And God had strategically placed people in my life before this even happened that would, you know, pray for me or invite me to church. And I was very resistant. I was one of those new agey kind of people and believed in the universe and all that garbage. But he had placed these people in my life who were not going to give up on me. They, their approach with me was very loving and not pushy. And, you know, they would just love on me and pray for me and my kids. And when we were going through this, they would, you know, help with groceries or Christmas gifts for my kids and different things. They, they just showed us love. And I believe that through those people, God was kind of whispering hope and encouragement to me through these people and through their prayers. And that I remember that one day in the spring of t- 2014, when I came upon a Joyce Meyer book, I didn't realize she was a Christian author. I was just looking for her Power Thoughts book and turns out she was a Christian and they didn't have the book I was looking for in the bookstore. And so 
I picked up uh, her new book, what at the time was called Begin Again. And I thought, well, that sounds, you know, like something I could get on board with. And maybe that will help my perspective. And that was the beginning of my journey to becoming a Christian. And I'm not going to go into my full testimony today on this episode, but wanted to give you a picture of where I was 10 years ago, eight years ago. And there were people during that time we came in contact with so many different people because the case went on for so long and there were a lot of different professionals and neighbors and friends and, you know, acquaintances and just different players that were involved in this. And, you know, many of them I haven't seen or heard word from since the whole court thing got finished, you know, seven years ago. Well, blast from the past, you know, just happened to run into this person and, they, it was someone that had, um, really their part in this had really prohibited my children from getting the help that they needed. And when I ran into them the other day, they said, you know, I, I just, I want you to know I'm, I'm sorry. And I realized how this probably impacted you and your kids. And, you know, there was something validating about it that was like relieving. It was kind of nice to have an apology. But at the same time, I was so sad and angry because of what my children and I went through. And your apology is nice, but you can't take it back. I mean, you can't undo where we are with, you know, the damage that was done was done. And, you know, it's, it's, you can't, you can't undo that. And it made me think about the whole CDC thing. It's kind of the, it's kind of similar. I mean, they're two very different things, but it's kind of similar of like, oh, oops. Now we realize that we were wrong, but the damage has been done. And in a similar situation with, with what I went through is you had a good person who, for whatever reason, and I'm not going to pretend I know whatever the reason is, but for whatever reason, they didn't speak up. They let it play out the way it played out and it did irreversible damage to my children. And the same thing has happened throughout our society. And I know my kids are not alone. I know my situation is something that has happened to millions of other children and mothers and fathers. This doesn't just happen to mothers. It's happened to parents and children all over our country where the damage has been done and good people could have stopped it. And this is what we're seeing in our society right now with people losing jobs and people not getting the health care that they need. I mean, how many people lost loved ones during COVID because they couldn't get their cancer treatment because COVID was the priority? How many people were later diagnosed with something serious that, that didn't get diagnosed because they had to wait? They had to wait for the crisis of COVID to go down so that then they could see their doctor and get their screenings that they missed out on. And then, oh, oops, huh, you've got cancer and we caught it a little too late. These are things that can't be undone. And it brings me back to this whole silent majority thing. The only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men and women to do nothing. And I see it all around me as, you know, with conservative ladies of Washington. You know, we've got 10,000 women 
in our Facebook group. About 400 of those are subscribing, paying members of our organization. Of those, I would say 40 or 50 are actively engaged and willing to do the work that that give we give calls to action. We make it super easy. You click this button and make your voice heard. But it's a small number of people that will step up and take action. It's a small number of people who say, you know what? I don't care what happens to me. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to stand on truth. And because it's a small number of people, evil is triumphing. Good men are doing nothing and good women are doing nothing. If you're a teacher in a school and that school is trying to transgender someone's child and keep secrets from the parent and you're not speaking up, you're a good person and you're doing nothing and you have a responsibility to that child and to those parents. And I'm not picking on teachers and I know it's a scary thing because people don't want to lose their job. So they just put their head down and they just be quiet. Look what's happening to our kids. Maybe you had a two-year-old when COVID started and your toddler couldn't go to preschool and your toddler has been looking at a society of people who are covering their faces. Children need to see faces for normal child development. They need to see facial expressions. That's how we socialize. That's how our children learn language. They learn about other people through facial expressions and watching people talk and seeing a strange lady in the produce department at the grocery store, hi, that's me, smile at them and play peekaboo with them while they're sitting in the cart. Maybe your child was supposed to start kindergarten in September of 2020, but your school was remote. And so your child had to start kindergarten behind a computer screen. These children, we will not know for some time how this has impacted our children. Good people have done nothing. And there are good people who are, who have done things and who are doing things. But the majority of people are just kind of head down. You know, I know a lot of people, a lot of my Christian friends, they're like, oh, it's so awful. And I'm just going to pray and I'm just going to be in my Bible and I'm just going to wait for Jesus to come back. Well, that's great. But even Jesus says in the Bible, faith without works is dead. Jesus doesn't want you just in your Bible praying until he comes back. He wants you helping people. He wants you taking action. He wants you fighting against the evil in our world. And if good people aren't willing to fight, if good people aren't willing to take the risks of losing friends, potentially losing a job, It's all, I mean, I look around and I get so frustrated because I don't think most people understand the severity of where we are in our world. I don't think that life as we know it here in America is going to continue as we know it for a whole lot longer. And I think a lot of people are in for a rude awakening. And I don't mean to sound like I've been, you know, taking all this action for decades. I haven't. I'm new to the party. And so I own my piece of it. But whenever you wake up, whenever you know what's going on, whenever you see it, that's the time that you have a responsibility to take action. We are truly fighting a spiritual battle. And we cannot just sit in our prayer room 
and pray. Yes, absolutely. Prayer is the most important thing that we can do. We must be praying. We must be praying by ourselves. We must be praying together. We must be ministering to other people. But we can't just sit and wait for Jesus to rapture us and beam us up. We've got a job to do. Jesus is calling each of us to some sort of action. And it looks different for everybody. Your action is probably much different than mine. I don't know what it looks like. Some people are called to step up and and run for government. And that's how their voice is going to get heard. Some people, my friend Tyler just launched a YouTube channel where he and his family are sharing their homesteading journey and they're sharing tips with other families. That's cool. I mean, people are going to need to know how to grow their own food. And you might think that's laughable right now, but I guarantee you we are going to get to a point where these skills are going to be necessary. Maybe you're called to run for the school board. I just saw one of my conservative friends is applying for a job in a public school. And that's a great place for conservative eyes to be in these very, very leftist, radical left places. I don't know what you're called to do, but I know that God has an assignment for each of us. I guarantee you, I never thought I would be doing this, but every step of my journey has been a place that God has been leading me and I can feel him leading me. And I feel him very much telling me, wake people up, call people to action, educate people, let them know what is going on. And so if you are hearing me today and you're feeling like, you know, I think she's talking to me. I think there's something more I could do. I think it's time for me to have courage to speak up And it's baby steps. You don't have to go get on a megaphone and start spouting truth to everybody you know. It's baby steps. I would encourage you to, in your prayer time, ask God how he wants to use you during this time. How can your voice be most effective? How can you influence and impact the people around you? It's going to take all of us to be doing our part, whatever that is. And I don't proclaim to know what your part is. I'm just doing what I believe God is calling me to do. And I do know that there's not enough people in this fight. There's not enough people who are willing to stand up. And especially as we've been going through this election season, and I've had really a behind the scenes look at the Republican Party, I see these people are just fine going along with the status quo. They're not willing to stand up strong against the powers that are coming against us. They're not willing to say things like, I support a child's right to life. You know, they'll give some kind of squishy, well, Washington state's already made their decision about it and I leave it to the state to make their decision. No, you have to have an opinion. You have to use your voice. You have to have a spine. Our silence, our spinelessness is what has gotten us into this position. Use your voice. Use the tools that God has given to you, the gifts that he has uniquely equipped you with. Use those gifts to create change for good. Use those gifts to fight this spiritual battle. 
I do believe that we can have great positive changes in this country. I do believe there are a lot of things that we can turn around because there are a lot of people already who really care. And there are a lot of silent majority folks who, if they'll just stand up, we could get so much good done and we could really change things. We could protect our kids. We could protect the unborn. We could preserve the American dream. So today I encourage you to pray and ask God, what do you want me to do? during this time? How can I use my voice to create positive change and to stomp out this evil that is running rampant in our country and in our states and around our children? So there's my the bee out of my bonnet for today. Thanks for listening to my, my venting, my ranting, and hopefully it struck a chord with you. I'm not trying to criticize. I'm trying to inspire people to use your voices. And I hope you will consider doing that if you're not doing that already. And join me in this fight. Join the many warriors who are in this fight because there's a lot of good people doing a lot of really good things. And so I pray that God will continue to rise up warriors for his kingdom. And I hope that you will join us. Thanks for listening today. If you've got a topic idea for an upcoming episode, I'd love to hear about it. All of my contact info is listed in the notes and I look forward to chatting with you again next time. 